Hello and welcome to the Profits and Prana podcast, where I like to help you breathe more profits into your soulful business. And to help me with that today is Daryl Coffey. Thank you for coming in. Did I say your name correctly? Yes, you did. Perfect. Perfect. Because people say my name wrong all the time, so I really like to make sure I get that right. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I'm really excited about being here. This is awesome. So I'm so glad you could join us. Uh, Daryl has a private practice in psychology, and she received her bachelor's and master's in counseling, and she specializes in leadership, empowerment, and success, self-esteem, intimacy, job performance, and addiction. And today I'm hoping we can talk about empowerment and success and self-esteem, which I think are really big issues that women in business struggle with. Very much so, yeah. I'm all for it. Let's do it. So would you uh, like to introduce yourself a little bit further? Sure. Um, I am originally from New Jersey and moved to the tiny state of Rhode Island for grad school. So it's been really interesting being here and starting a business in such a small state. I am lucky enough that my business partner, Jen Weaver Breitenbecker, is a native Rhode Islander. So we know everyone who needs, if we need something done, she knows everybody. So it's great. Um, So starting a business where you start a business is a a big deal just as much as how you started and what you started in. Um, But I really love what I do. We're actually growing our business from just a mental health private practice to a holistic center and wellness center. So we have cutting edge nutritionists who are talking about gut bacteria and how it influences mood. And we are actually just hiring a Reiki specialist and holistic specialist doing things in the holistic department. So we're really kind of focusing on this um, really 360 degree level of care, which is kind of new and really cool. And I'm, I'm excited to talk about it. So that sounds fascinating. You don't really hear many people um, starting to bring Reiki into more traditional practices. Yeah, we, we love being um, slightly off. Always on target, though. Um, but I think it's a really great way to connect that mind, body, soul as as much as it's overused. I don't think people do it the right way all the time. So we're trying to take a different approach to actually doing mind, body, soul stuff, which is kind of new and fun. I would agree with that. People definitely go about it in all sorts of different ways and not all of them <laughs> effective. So what brought you to counseling? Um, I played basketball in college and it was just something very natural for me to be able to communicate with people and learn how to communicate. So I remember one day somebody sitting me down being like, you should get paid for this. And I was like, you know what I should. Um, so <laughs> I went to school and I loved it and I just knew it was for me. Um, and it was really great to be able to talk to people and help people help themselves. I really truly believe empowering other people is what I'm called to do. And I love every second of it. I think empowering makes a really big difference. I would much rather teach someone how to do something than do it for them. Right, right. Because then you just create a dependent person. And that's that's a whole other issue. Yes, it is, isn't it? So especially in business. I mean, there are some things that you should delegate, but I think you should have a good understanding of all aspects of your business, even if you have the resources to hire an assistant. Right, right. It definitely makes a a really big difference. And we're lucky enough to have people who are um, integrated into the mental health aspect, but also have their specialty. So it makes life way easier. I can imagine it would. How long have you been in business? 
this is a, we're going into our first full year has just passed, so we're entering into our second year, which is kind of cool. So we're new. Thank you. Thank you. The first year is the hardest. Um, yes. That is so, true. <laughs> <laughs> so don't get discouraged. You can do it. Um, it's been a lot, a lot of learning. Um, very big learning curve, which has been exciting and a little scary, but you, you make it through. Um, but in the meantime, we've grown a lot. We went through from kind of like a one room shack to now we have a whole floor of offices and um, oh, how exciting. yeah it is kind of it's like a baby it's my baby <laughs> so that's sort of how I view my business and I work from home right now I'm in upstate New York for the time being and nice. I like to pour all of my energy into this instead of you know I'm not I'm not ready for kids so this is what I think it was my baby for now I'm with you okay so when it comes to empowerment uh, something a lot of women struggle with. I know that I've struggled with this. How can adopting an attitude of empowerment influence one's business? And if that's something that someone is struggling with, how can they start to feel more empowered on a regular basis? I think the first thing is knowing that nobody really knows what they're doing when they first start out and understanding that it's a fake it till you make it game a little bit. Um, for me, empowerment is something that definitely comes from the inside. Uh, you can't buy it. You can't own it. You can't touch it. It is something that you can learn from someone else, but it definitely is a way of being and it's a way of conducting yourself. And I think part of it is being positive and having the confidence that you can do this and that you're able to do whatever it is that you want to do in your business, regardless of what it is. Clearly, you have a passion for it, so that makes a huge difference going forward. Um, that should help with that empowerment piece of you like what you do, and this is why you're taking a risk and starting your own business. Um, in order, you know, to t kind of talk about how you get empowered, surround yourself with really strong people, especially if you're a woman. Surround yourself with other women that you look up to. Um, women that have their own businesses join a networking association. So you have kind of a mentor to bounce ideas off of. That has really helped me and my business partner. Getting a business partner that you trust and that is another person that you really rely on for your emotional well-being and stability um, through this process. And, uh, you know, really kind of looking up to people who have made a successful business regardless of who or what it is um, and ask them questions or if you can't get in touch with them because they're so far out of reach look at what they've done and try to emulate that in your business practice and slowly but surely you'll start to walk in every day with your head a little bit higher and feeling a little less terrified than the day before so it is definitely a learning process I've experienced, you know, a little bit of a feeling disempowered in my business before. And it's really easy to look at people who are doing something that you want to be doing and living the life that you want and go, oh, man, there's no way I can get there. Because we don't see everything that they struggled through. We see the end result, which looks really awesome. We don't see all the hardship in between. Absolutely. We definitely don't. Um, it. I, I truly believe in trusting your struggle. I think that it's part of the journey. You need to trust that there's a reason why you're struggling. There's a reason why it's being put out there and that you can learn from it. It depends on what you look at is what you see. So what you choose to focus on is what you choose to spend energy on. And hopefully that's something positive 
that will end up empowering you rather than disempowering you with the kind of grumbles late at night in your head of you can't do this. What are you doing? You're crazy. Stop doing this. You need to really tap into that positive of why you got into it and why you like it. Stuff like that. Okay, you're back. I'm back. <laughs> so um, something that I keep um, hearing about really is that, you know, you what you do focus on is what you attract more of. And people seem to, to perceive it as, you know, manifesting, you know, oh, the, the universe just magically gives us more of this. And I don't know if it's necessarily the universe giving us more as it is we are being more open and receptive, and that is what we are seeing. Right. I, I definitely believe in the power of law of attraction and the power of being positive. Um, if you're positive on your couch and you never leave your couch, it's only going to take you so far. You need to give destiny a hand. You need to absolutely get up and um, work for your end of it. But yeah. what, what you choose to put out there in terms of how you view situations, how you view struggles, if you view them as a roadblock, if you view them as a deterrent, Versus if you view them as a learning opportunity, it makes a world of a difference, especially in starting a new business. So I keep hearing from people that manifesting and just, you know, you put the good energy out there and that will empower you and change your business without actually, you know, doing any of the work or, or learning a new skill or getting rid of things that don't serve you. So there's this belief in, um, in this, this industry that I'm in, in the yoga industry, that if you just wish really, really hard, it'll happen. <laughs> I wish. Not, I know, right? So we would all be millionaires. We would have won the lottery and nobody right. would have to work. Right, right. I wish. No, that is not true. Um, I think it's a step. It's a step in clarifying what you want your end result to be or what your desires are. And that's a really big step. You need to understand what it is that you want. And the next step is what does it take to get it? It's not just wishing. It's not just manifesting. It's you need to kind of have a plan in place of, okay, do I need a small business loan? What do I need to do to get there? How do I even start that conversation with a loan officer? So people get overwhelmed with the details and sometimes they don't break it down small enough. And that's when people start to kind of abandon their dreams and go more mainstream. So I do believe that manifesting good energy is 100% a part of it, but it's just a part of it. Yes, definitely. And for me, it's more about getting my mind in the right spot. Right. You know, making sure that I can do it, for one, making sure I have the confidence, making sure I actually want it, and making sure I'm open to, it may not happen exactly how I want it to happen, and having faith that it still will. Right. Yeah, that's that's all. That's an awesome way to approach it. Because even if you do manifest it, the universe might give it to you in a weird looking package. And if you don't accept it with open arms and an open mind, you, you might miss out. Yes, definitely. So um, a perfect example is I was last year saying, you know, I really want to be able to work with these coaches and I really want to be able to learn how to master the art of the webinar and so on and so forth. And what ended up happening instead is I won um, attendance, all expenses paid, to a social media online marketing conference where cool. the coaches were. So it wasn't one-on-one. -on -one. It wasn't like I, I can work with them. But I got to sit in a room with them for 16 hours and soak up all of their information. 
it wasn't what I had in mind, but it did happen. And that's a really great segue into occupying your dreams in a different way and taking a piece of what you might have needed to learn and the universe gave that to you and you took advantage of that and you did something with it, which is really great. You should yeah. be very proud of yourself. Well, well thank awesome. you. <laughs> so I think it would be very helpful for a lot of women in business to be more open to just because it's not perfect doesn't mean it's not something that you need right now to grow. Exactly. We wait so much, even for the perfect man or woman, we, we have this idea in our head that society has put there that it has to look like this, happily ever after. There, there's no such thing. There really truly isn't. It's you have a good day and that's what you can control and you stay in the day and you do what you can in the day. And at the end of the day, you prepare for tomorrow. So I think that's where we need to set our sights on and knowing that it's the imperfections that make things perfect. It's the imperfections in your journey that makes it a journey. Even in your business, that might make it unique. Something that you try to brush off as, oh my God, that's so embarrassing. But you make it into something that means something. And that could be the key to your success. So being open-minded is a huge part of that. I agree. And I think the other major part, um, and I'm speaking you know, on behalf of women, I'm sure men might experience this. But I think another major part for us is the attitude. I mean, there's stuff that I can't control, but I can control how I feel about it. Exactly. Exactly. You either control your emotions or your emotions control you. One or the other is bound to happen. And I truly believe in separating emotions from facts whenever people get stressed out. I work a lot with that with my clients of... I'm feeling overwhelmed. How, how can I do all this? And it's separating out. Okay, what are the facts? The facts are you're successful because you've trained in this. You know what you're talking about. You know what you're doing. The fact is you love what you do. This is a really good thing for you. The emotion is scared, fear, questioning. And sometimes we need to deal more with the facts as women, especially because oftentimes we go off of emotions because that's what our brains are more wired to do for a million different reasons. But it is about learning to trust that there's a reason why you're doing what you're doing and go forth with that, with the knowledge that you have. So is there a, a trick or a secret to separating the facts from emotions? I know that's something a lot of female entrepreneurs really struggle with. Right. I mean, trick? <laughs> there might be something that might work for you. It's up to everyone out there in Cyberland to put it into action. But the best thing that I can give you is, and this is free advice, so, um, is whenever you f you're feeling really overwhelmed, you need to envision a big red stop sign and you need to stop yourself. Because getting overwhelmed is not going to help you accomplish anything. It never has, never will. You need to sit yourself down and think about, okay, what, are, what am I feeling right now? I'm feeling overwhelmed. I'm feeling stressed. I'm feeling crazy. What are the facts? Everything's going to be okay. It's, I need to break down my process a little bit smaller because I'm taking too big of chunks at a time. So it's things like that. And I think it's understanding your body and the feeling you get when you feel overwhelmed and understanding that that is your body saying, hey, help brain. We, we need to slow down right here and actually taking the time to step back and do it. So for me, a lot of the, oh, God, I'm so overwhelmed, dread feeling is I start to feel really lethargic. 
And all I want to do is binge watch Netflix. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, right. I can escape the world if I'm binge watching Netflix or, or Downton Abbey or whatever. I can right. escape reality and not right. deal with the feeling of overwhelm. But as soon as I stop watching, it comes right back. I know. There's actually a bunch of studies out there that show that procrastination gives us a little bit of a high. So we become slightly addicted to it. And then it's like a sugar crash. You come crashing way down because you look around and you're like, oh my God, it's dark out. I've watched seven seasons of Breaking Bad and I have nothing to show for it. So there's definitely something to be said of downtime and relaxing and giving yourself a break because that is much needed. And as women, especially, we don't always do that. No, um, not so much. And then there's this kind of other side of you need to get up and you need to do things. And having somebody who helps you with that, maybe checking in on you on your Netflix watching or setting a timer or having something pop up on your phone that reminds you why you're working hard um, could be a really good way to get you into a way better place than feeling like, ah, this whole day is gone and I have not done anything but... Now I know about the newest drama in Downton Abbey. <laughs> exactly. Which I adore. Oh my god. So I, this is totally off topic, but Julian Fellow said the other day that he's open to doing a movie. <gasps> I'm, I'm just like, oh my god. <laughs> I, I will buy it and I will watch it about 15 times. <laughs> Procrastinators unite. We have something to do soon. <laughs> So to help me not procrastinate as much, there's um, a bunch of apps that I use. So um, cool. I use Asana or Asana, um, depending on, on how how they pronounce it. I'm not entirely sure, which is a task management app that syncs to your calendar. So you have your tasks for the day and your agenda all in one spot. That's awesome. Super handy. And I like checking things off. That makes me feel like I did something. Yes. And I found this great app on um, for iOS. So iPads and iPhones um, called Productive. And you can set habits that you want to make. And you can set how frequently you want to do it. Like drink more water, meditate, go to yoga. When you do it, you check it off. And it shows you what your day looks like. So you can see, oh, well, I've got four days in a row where I did every one of these habits. And you don't want to break that cycle. There, there's something psychological, I think, about not breaking the pattern of things that are already completed. Right. That's awesome. I didn't know about either one of them, but I'm going to definitely start recommending them. Yeah, well, I'll put them in the, in the show notes and email that to you so that you have all Perfect. that information. Because it's just life-changing. So three times a day, an alarm on my phone goes off now. It says, check your posture. Make sure you're sitting up straight. And I'm like, oh, yes, I am sitting up straight now. <laughs> That's really great, and it's nice that you stick to it. Some people have trouble with, it's like the snooze button, being like, yes. oh, later, later. So it's nice that you're dedicated, and that's part of it. It's that you're either going to do it or you're not. No one's going to do it for you. So at some point in time, you need to ask yourself, if not now, to make a change, when? Because exactly. you're just wasting time if you put it off any longer, and there's something you really want to accomplish. So, and in this app, you can set custom things as well. So if somebody is perhaps struggling with empowerment, they could set a little mantra that dings every so often. That's just affirming and reminding them of why they're doing what they're doing in their business. That is so cool. I love that. It's like a yeah. therapist in your pocket. <laughs> a little bit. And there's something really unpleasant for me about not checking things off a list. So if it's on a list, I have to check it off. 
That's really great. And it's nice that you stick to it. It really, truly is. That's 90% of the battle. Well, is... it's only been a couple weeks. <laughs> All right, I'll check in on you in a few. <laughs> we'll check. We'll check. That's really great, though. So um, the other thing I wanted to talk to you about today was uh, self-esteem for mm-hmm. female entrepreneurs. And I've noticed that the times that I feel better about who I am when I'm practicing more self-love the profits of my business increase. Is that true for a lot of female entrepreneurs? I would have to say that when you feel good about anything you do, you do it better. It's, you know, just something that it, you have more attention to detail because you're excited about the details and you're actually paying attention to the details. Um, the, people feed off of other people's energy when you truly love what you do and you have self-esteem that you're the best one to do it, people can feel that. And I think self-esteem is one of the hardest things to teach someone, but it's definitely teachable and people can change how they feel about themselves. And I think that's where the real power comes from is you don't have to feel like how you're feeling right now forever. You can choose to change it. So and how does that change happen? Is it like small incremental changes or is it a, a big epiphany kind of moment? For some people, it happens little by little. Some some people just wake up and have an aha moment. Um, some people get set back after their aha moments. It's it's truly a journey, and it's about understanding kind of that fact from emotion thing again. Of know that there are good things about you. Know that there are things about you that qualities that no one else has, and no one else can do better. And that you're being really great in whatever it is that you're choosing to do. Kind of one hundred and one. It's hard to internalize it when you really don't feel that way. But at some point, it's about truly understanding that if you're not going to make yourself feel better, no, nothing or no one else is either. So I think what you said about understanding that there's things that you just do well, and it sounds like that could be really, it could be really helpful to like keep a running list of what it is that, that you think you do well. I actually make some of my clients, oh God, they like hate me for it, but I make them write A to Z, pick something that they truly like about themselves, starting with each letter of the alphabet. Wow. Oh, ouch. Right, <laughs> that I know. That painful. I know, I know. And some of them are like, I made up half of this. And I'm like, okay, well, read me the ones that you think are really true. And it's, it's, it's interesting because it's so much easier for them, they say, and I agree, to list all the bad things about yourself, A to Z. Yeah. But it's very odd to do the positive things and society really truly goes on to this where everywhere we turn we're told we're not pretty enough but there's Maybelline and we're not good enough but there's you know the gym and there's but there's all of this um swirling I guess is the feeling that I get from the media telling women especially that we need someone or something else in our life to be something when that is not true whatsoever so some of that comes from knowing that there are good things about you. There's no such thing as all bad. There's no such thing as all good. My baby brother is a very talented, very career-driven guy. He's a professional firefighter, paramedic. He's been doing this since he was 14 years old. And he has what he calls his book of self-worth. That's awesome. Yeah, I know. It's When I first saw him do it, I was like, oh my God, that's so silly. But 
it actually works. So he writes down every time he achieves something, every um, award he gets, anytime he passes a training class, any class that he teaches, like he writes it all down and he's got this, it's a thick binder now of everything that he's accomplished. And he says that when he's feeling low on the self-esteem scale, that he just opens it up and it reminds him of what he has to offer the world. And I think, you know, he might be on something there. That's awesome. That is truly awesome. And I wish that everyone did that. Even if it was a note section on your phone, like, what did you like about today? What did you like about yourself in today? I think that's a really cool piece of the puzzle. Your brother's onto something. I know. He's been doing this since he was like 17. I was like, oh, Joe, come on. This is ridiculous. And then I started thinking about it. I was like, okay, yeah, you're onto something here. Totally, totally, totally. Yeah, oftentimes we forget the little things that we do or even some of the bigger things that we've accomplished or we talk them ourselves out of thinking that we actually deserve them, which is the real shame. If you got an A in a class and you talk yourself out of being like, well, the teacher gave everybody an A or mm-hmm. no, there's a reason why you got it. There's a reason why it's there and you're allowed to be proud with of yourself. Yes, I think that's the, the hard part is accepting that you know what, I, I do deserve the good things that come my way. And it's okay to feel like I deserve it. It's okay to feel good about this. Absolutely. I think that's some of the biggest stuff of, especially especially as women and men now, a lot of men are coming in saying that I don't deserve this. And the guilt and shame really sits in them. And it's sometimes about choosing not to be a victim anymore and taking back your power. Um, and sometimes it's about understanding that there's no such thing as all bad. So you're being ridiculous anyway. <laughs> so I like what you, what you mentioned about men, because I was just thinking last night that so often it seems that women are the only ones who feel guilty about the good things that come their way. Yes. And no men, oftentimes I actually have a lot of men right now on my caseload who are struggling with. Will I ever find a girlfriend? Will my, you know, will she like the things about me physically or non-physically? I'm not like the other guys. I'm more sensitive or I'm too consumed with work and could I really commit to somebody? So men have feelings. They're in there. Um, I think that I'm with this stigma of mental health and just talking to someone in general, being more accepted. I think that a lot more men are coming out saying like, yeah, no, this is not okay. This is something that is needs to be talked about. And I love that men are starting to speak out about it for themselves and for their families and for their future selves. So it's so interesting, though, that they it's like they they keep it closed until they get into your office. Yes. It's amazing how many men I've made cry. I mean, even today. (laughs) But it's really nice that they can break that down and. Women, we get to be a lot more things than men. Men have to be strong and efficient or successful is another word that I would put for efficiency. Women, we get to wear skirts. We get to wear pants. We get to be firefighters. We get to do this. But, you know, if you see a male makeup artist, he's automatically gay. Mm -hmm. That's not necessarily true. So the stigma goes both ways and men feel it. And I'm glad that you know, this is being brought up as a topic because I don't know if we talk about it enough. I don't think we do. But it's so easy to assume, you know, men are the strong ones and it's okay as a woman to be emotional and weak and not have all the self-esteem in the world. Right, right. But God forbid if a man did it, it's, it's bad, bad. But unfortunately, 
guess what? He, he's, he's a human. He has emotions. <laughs> if liquid comes to your eyeballs, you're allowed to cry. It's something that happens naturally. It doesn't mean weak or not weak. It's something that your body's doing for a reason. I think that's a very interesting distinction, too, that, you know, men are not allowed to be so emotional. They actually shed tears. It's crazy when you think about it, because if you actually think about the function of tears, they have stress hormones in them. So when you actually, when you cry, you actually feel less stressed. It's your body's response to stress. And when this happens in people, we have put the label on it of something completely different. It does not mean weakness. It means your body needs to shed some stress hormones. And instead of looking at things clinically, sometimes we tend to put our own spin on them and put people and things and ac actions into boxes, which is very dangerous. Yes. Yes, it is. And it's so hard to, to break those stigmas, though. I mean, they're so ingrained in society. Right. It's hard. It's not undoable. It's it takes people having really tough conversations sometimes and sticking to what they believe in and getting it out there because it is important because being a strong woman, you might have all boys and you need to teach them what it's like to be a sensitive man. Or if you're a really strong dad and you have daughters, like it's partly up to you to teach your daughter how to be a strong, sensitive woman. And those two things are not oxymorons. I don't believe that you, you can be strong and sensitive in the same moment. Sometimes it is way harder to be sensitive than it is to be uncaring or cool. So I do think that, you know, it's, we need to do a better job. I completely agree with that. And especially for, for with my work, I see a lot of that in business where yoga teachers say, Oh, well, I, I'm too sensitive. I'm, I'm too nice. I can't be successful in business. I, I, I'm just going to be here. This is as far as I go because I'm too nice and I'm too sensitive. And it's like yoga teachers seem to believe that in order to be successful, you have to be a ruthless businesswoman, bitch on wheels who never has any personal relationships. And that comes at us, I think, from a lot of what we see in the media of successful women. Oprah, I think, is an amazing woman. But how many other successful, powerful women look in the media like they're nice people? Not many. No, I think Devil Wears Prada comes to mind. Oh, yes, Miranda Priestly. I was thinking of <laughs> her, too. <laughs> right, right. And that's not true. I believe that you can have a business, be kind, be a woman, or a sensitive man, or just a man, and you can have it be successful. I don't think that anything but hard work and determination and savvy is uh, anything other than that really determines successful from non-successful. It's I don't think if you're nice or kind or too sensitive has anything to do with it. You do need a thick skin, but I think that goes back to what we were talking about prior of how you look at challenges and how you look at things. And I think it's okay to have a thick skin and also still accept that sometimes things hurt and it's okay. Yeah. It doesn't make you incapable or incompetent. Right. Right. It's people are going to say things that you don't like all the time, all day, every day. It's about what can I learn from this? And maybe what you learn from it is this person doesn't know what they're talking about. 
and you move forward from it. Or maybe you learn from it like, wow, like this is something I never knew and I need to bring it to my attention. And thank goodness I know it now and I'm not waiting 50 years to figure out that I need to change my attitude about something that might make my life easier. Yes, because nobody wants to wait that long. I mean, really? No. I tell my clients this all the time. They're so afraid of change. And I say, okay, let's say nothing ever changed because clearly, you know, anything we talk about, there's, there's a fear of change. Would you be happy in 30 years if nothing in your life changed? And all of them are like, no, oh my goodness, no. It's like, okay, well, it starts today. You need to get comfortable with the fact that you're going to be uncomfortable. I think that is such good advice. And we're all really programmed that anything outside of our comfort zone is bad, even if it turns out to be good. Right. So it's the act of change that just feels scary. You know, a new direction in your business, a new relationship. It's very, very scary, even though it, it could be the best thing that happened to your business. It could be the person that you're going to marry. But that whole process feels so frightening and overwhelming. Right. When we talk about growing pains for kids going through puberty, like there are literal pains when you grow. Emotionally, it's no different. And it's part of understanding not feeling good that allows you to feel good. Because without bad, there is no good. You cannot possibly know what a good day feels like if you've never had a bad day. So I, I do, I truly believe that the growing pains are part of it. <laughs> Damn it. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so that's not the best news that I had today. <laughs> but it may be the most helpful. You never know. You're allowed to feel bad. It's okay. Sad things happen. Bad things happen. Good things happen. It's part of the human experience. Thank goodness you're alive to feel it. Yes, that is a very, very good way of looking at it. So we've been on for about, um, I think, 35 minutes now. So there's a couple things I want to touch on before we start to wrap up. Sure. Uh, number one, do you listen to podcasts? I do. I am slightly obsessed with cereal. I oh. think in a past life, I was a crime fighter. Um, <laughs> I don't know, but I think it might be exactly that. Um NPR, different stuff like that. Um, I try to listen more to music when I'm alone because I hear talking all day. Mm -hmm. I get that. So sometimes it's nice. I have a deep connection with music and classical music, especially. So, um, but I do. Yes, I do listen to podcasts. Long well, answer. Is, short question. It's okay. Is there a business podcast that you like? I haven't found one that I'm particularly loving. At this moment, so I'm way open to suggestions. So, um, Entrepreneur on Fire is pretty interesting. Okay. Um, he's on episode 1229 right now as of this recording. So, which is just mind boggling to me. Right. I can't, I'll be, if I do 30 episodes of this one, I will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, he gets a lot of really interesting guests on there to talk about different experiences with business and tips and tricks. Um, and uh, Shalene Johnson's Build Your Tribe, I really like. She's really fun. Awesome. I, I'm going to, I'm writing them down. Okay. Putting them on my list. So I'll add it to the list of stuff to, to send you and put in the show notes. Perfect. So is there um, any business development or personal development book that has been really groundbreaking for you and helped you grow your business in this last year? There is a book that is more specific to my field, and it's called Million Dollar Private Practice. Um, where is it? It's somewhere around here. Um, but it's basically about how to find a niche and how to, beyond finding a niche, how do you find out your passion? 
and what are you good at? What are you passionate about? And it might be the thing you least expect. You know, you just might have a real knack for children, but like on the outside, hate children. Um, <laughs> but somewhere deep down, like that's your calling and the universe is giving you all these child clients. Um, but he does a really good job of breaking down systematically. What is your mission statement? What does that mean? How do you have a good mission statement? How do you have truth in your mission statement? How do you turn your mission statement into a profitable business? So it's been really helpful um, having that as my guide going forward with all this. That sounds like it could be a really good book, even if someone is not a counselor. I mean, it sounds like it covers a lot of the basics, especially with regards to purpose. So I, mean, I know a lot of people struggle with that. Right. Yeah. It's. I, I believe that if a self-help book works for you, you work it. If talking to somebody works for you, you work that. But you need to try different things to figure out what speaks to you. So um, I, for some reason, found that I really like working with older yoga students. That's Like awesome. 60 and up. And I have no idea why or how this happened, but it's very rewarding. And I never in a million years would have thought that working with people with mobility issues would have been what I wanted to do with my yoga business. Right. I think that's amazing. And it's a very good market and it's very targeted and you can do a lot even in that target audience and population. The, the last question, sorry, we got a, a little, yeah. little distracted. Um, so the last question that I have for you is what do you wish that you had learned earlier in your business? I wish that I learned earlier that it was doable. I mean, granted, I'm still only 29 with my own business, and that, I guess, is impressive to some people, but I almost wish I would have taken that this is possible. I wish that there would have been more people out there telling me, you can do it, rather than the people saying, like, well, it's going to be hard, it's going to be... So I wish I had listened to my mom, <laughs> who told me, you know, like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. You can't do everything, but you can do anything. You need to pick something and do it and do it well. So I do wish that um, I wouldn't have taken so many people's advice on the easy route. I'm glad I did because it has brought me here and has made me a more well-rounded person. But um, if I could go back in time, I would push myself in a direction to do this a little bit sooner. I think that's a really interesting lesson and it really resonates with me. I too am 29 and I've spent this last, well, since 2016 started going, oh my God, I'm going to be 30 this year. <laughs> I know. Like, what have I done with my life is where it keeps going back to. And then it's, people are like, you've got your own business. Right. I was like, oh yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> I'm not a millionaire yet, so it doesn't feel like I've actually accomplished anything. But you're doing it. You're occupying your dreams. And that's that's really cool. And I, too, felt, though, it wasn't doable. And so I slipped for a while. And I just, you know, worked BS jobs that I didn't care about because of, like, you know what? It, I'm not going to ever be able to be successful. That's not for me. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, it's gl I'm glad that you have decided to go against that because you're wonderful. Oh, well, thank you. Uh, it seems to be working very well for you too. Yeah, we've been we've been doing some really good things. I'm excited. I think anytime you take a risk and go outside your comfort zone, it's it will pay off. 
Sounds, and part of the struggle, I think, is being patient until it does. Right. And knowing that just because things don't seem to be coming together, it doesn't mean that they're not. Yes. Yeah, that was so true. So, and it's so hard to, to keep that perspective. Right, right. And especially when you have a bunch of people who are telling you like, oh, are you going to really leave your full-time job? Are you sure you want to do this? Are you... And you're like, I don't know. But I think at the end of the day, that internal compass and that voice points you to your true north. Yeah. And I think that is a beautiful note to end on. So thank you so much for joining me on this episode. This has been fabulous. Uh, if people want more information about you, where can they go? If you want to visit us at www.polarisp-o-l-a-r-i-s-r-i.com, please do. We do life coaching over the internet. If you're in Rhode Island, absolutely come in and get wellness services, nutritional services, life coaching and mental health. Um, you can also follow us on Twitter at PolarisRI or on Facebook at Polaris RI as well. So that sounds great. I'll make sure to link to all of those in the show notes, which will be available at 42yogis.com slash podcast. So thank you so much for joining me today. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much as well. This was awesome. At American University, we don't just hope for change, we create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.